This is it. It's the final countdown. It is the five keys to win your league, the final installment coming up straight after this. Before I do, it is draft weekend. Make sure if you're on Yahoo to jump onto fantasyscores.com. Use promo code INSIGHT to get yourself five US dollars off your subscription. They help you with draft. They help you with waiver wires throughout ads through the season. It's an incredibly powerful tool that integrates perfectly into your Yahoo league. Again, promo code INSIGHT, $5 off on that price. Five keys, the fifth one, And this is my final five thoughts coming up straight after this. To the Spurs foul. Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! G'day everyone and welcome to the end of the five key series. Five keys to win your leagues, obviously finishing with number five. The final countdown. Yes, insert the trumpets and all the songs. This is draft weekend. And this is a recap on the final five things, obviously, because it's been five keys. This is my final five thoughts to help you in your leagues. This is by no means perfect. This whole thing is a science. It's math. But it's also just sometimes some plain old sheer luck. It is fantasy basketball, after all, based on real basketball. And when you mix those two ideologies together, well, shit can go sideways pretty quickly indeed. But these final five thoughts are designed to help you win your leagues and keep a calm and steady head this weekend because it is the final weekend of the preseason. We've had some toot-toot hype trains right throughout the way. We even had the Kings and the Warriors have a brilliant duel with Steph putting the icing on a cake. This is why we have the preseason, to be excited for the NBA season ahead and to get you pumped up, obviously, for your fantasy seasons. My final five is this. Top five in no particular order, or maybe in an order. Number one, don't panic. Number two, don't fall in love. Number three, don't draft at ceiling. Number four, don't be stale. And number five, don't be a dick. Five ways to help in your league. Now, you might, what does number five mean? Well, I'll come to number five, and I'm going to go through all five of them now to put you in that mental space to be ready after listening to this pod, after watching this YouTube video to help you in your league. Now, let me start at the top with Don't Panic. One, we've spoken about it a lot in our mock drafts, and I think one of the reasons we've tried to give you a lot of mock drafts over the course of time and things that we've asked other analysts is what happens when your draft goes sideways? And the number one rule here is not to panic. You may have a plan written down because part of that plan is this. I bought mine. This is my notebook and my pen. I have got three years of drafts in here. I keep one every single year. I make my notes. I keep it completely different from everything else. This is my little black fantasy diary that I've got. And if you're like me, I've got my spreadsheet. I've got my, my laptop. I've got my things running. But I've also got at the end of the day, if I need to go back to something, I've got my pen and my pad. I've got my plan in front of me. I've got my guys by round who I want to target. And if I know those guys are coming off, I'm just ticking them off as it goes through. It's a lot easier than flicking through monitors. If you're drafting on one, if you've got another one uh, side by side, if you've got three monitors, I know a guy who drafts with three monitors. It's crazy. 
because he's running analytics six ways to Sunday on it, and it can be really hectic. Now, it all depends as well, though. How long is your draft timer? If you've been in a slow draft, you can milk it for as absolutely as long as it takes, obviously within your six-hour window in some of them. But if you've got a 45-second, God forbid, a 30-second clock, you probably have 45 seconds to a minute. That still can make you panic, especially if you are assessing other teams in your league. But the number one rule here is don't panic. Go after your guys in the first two or three rounds. Have down in your book your foundational players. Stick with those foundational players like we spoke about in the earlier tier pods and try and bag those guys early on. Know what you're looking for. See what's coming off the board by way of what other people are taking what other cats early. Is someone particularly getting out the blocks really early and taking assists off the board? If they are, they're probably not gonna, you're probably not going to win that against them. How could you counteract that but still be competitive and assist throughout your leagues? Don't panic. Have your plan and don't let it throw you. Have at least three options in every round written down. That's it. Three options in every round for a different type of build. Have two build strategies in your mind going into it. Oh, I'm going to punt free throw percentage this year. Great. Giannis goes off the board just before you. Who are you going to take? Everyone's wanted to take a, a punt free throw percentage, but Luke is going to go off the board probably in the top five. So you probably, if you're in the later rounds of your draft, you're going to be with Giannis. Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to punt free throw percentage. I'm going to get my guy. I'm going to get Giannis. And someone's like, oh no, he's going to be great with Dame. Oh, you buggered. Who do you take? Oh, maybe you're taking Anthony Davis. Also not, like better at free throw percentage than Giannis. Gives you rebounds, block shots. Probably put a couple threes in a game. Probably doesn't have the efficiency. Also a potential MVP candidate if LeBron goes down and something in LA happens this year, even though, let's be honest, Jokic is again the unprecedented favorite to win that award. But where are you going to change tax to straight away? Or do you go off your plan and be like, oh, wait a second, LaMelo Ball's on the board. Kevin Durant's on the board. Okay, cool. So what are you going to do if you do have a build and you are faced with that opportunity and you want to then draft a LaMelo Ball? Do you chase assists straight away? You immediately have to pivot to a different strategy. Now, you don't need to make that your entire foundation of your like a punt from the first round, but it does help to have a clear picture in mind of where you would like to go if, in fact, you are forced to go in a different direction. So number one, don't panic. Know where you're going. Number two, it feeds into this one. Don't fall in love. We all have guys that we love. We all have players that we follow and watch. LeBron coming into year 21, been a big fan, obviously, for a long time, been a bit of an old head. Maybe you're a Grizzlies fan and you still love Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desi Bain. So you're just going to draft Ja late in a draft because you're happy to occupy that bench spot if there's no IL plus or you can't bring him into a team. And, oh, I just don't care. I'm a Memphis Grizzlies guy. That's, that's my team. You're a Lakers savant. Oh, the Celtics... Uh, Jason Tatum is the new Jesus. Jason Tatum is the, the most brilliant man in basketball. He is the reincarnation of Kobe Bryant. I must get him or I must trade for him during the course of my, my season because I love the Celts. If that is you, don't go after the guys you love. I have not drafted LeBron James, one of my favorite all-time players. I've not drafted him in an NBA fantasy draft, I think in four or five years. I've had the opportunity to. I just haven't. Because at the end of the day, I don't trust it. And I want a guy who's going to be on the court for the maximum amount of games possible. Guys, I've taken some flying risks on Kawhi Lennon in the second round, third round this year when I'm like, oh, do I take a stable guy? I, I just don't know why I'm in on Kawhi this year. Maybe I'm not taking my own advice in some of these drafts. Maybe I'm falling in love with the potential of a healthy Kawhi season. I mean, surely, surely sooner rather than later before that new brilliant palace opens, 
in LA for the Clippers next season, they've got to carry some good favor. Surely he'll play a lot of games or not have to do as much on the court, but still be super efficient and super elite if James Harden ends up there. Surely. Maybe I'm a little bit not taking my own advice on that one, but I do know that when I'm drafting these guys, I am drafting them. This will fall into the third one in a second there. I'm going to try and get guys at value who I see. So if I see, and I'm on the tail end of a draft, and I have the 23rd pick, 24th pick, 25th, 26th pick, and Kawhi Leonard is on my board, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take him because that represents value for me. But I'm not going to fall in love with getting a guy. I'm not going to fall in love with absolutely, essentially needing to have a player on my roster. And you don't need to either. You don't need to absolutely have your homer picks. You're an OKC fan. Oh, you love Shea. If you got pick eight, you're not going to get Shea Gillage-Alexander on your team this year. SGA is long gone by then. So who are you going to get? Oh, well, I'm going to make sure that I get Chet. Okay, cool. He's probably going to be the next name off the board. Jalen Williams and, and Josh Giddy, similar range, probably similar rounds. They're going in. You probably can't get both. Which one are you going to get? What's going to fit your build better? Don't fall in love and tie yourself irrationally to one particular player in NBA fantasy. Chase them through the season if you really want to, and if it complements the build that you end up with at the end of the day by making well placed and strategic trades that can return value. And this is going to fit into number five at the end, return value at the end of the day. But I've got to say, if you fall in love with a guy, if you go chasing a particular player, you could potentially lose your draft. Why? Because you were drafting not on statistics, not on analytics, probably on historic knowledge. Like you have this cumulative knowledge of a guy and all that value as well falls to the next part of don't fall in love. Don't fall in love with the past. Don't look at what guys have returned for you in the past and absolutely try and go after them. A couple of years ago, I was chasing Jonas Valanciunas for a couple of years. He went to the Pelicans. I just didn't see the roadmap to return the same thing for a long period of time after that next season. Haven't touched him again. And now Jonas is in the 120s. A couple of years ago, unheard of. If you still have in mind that these guys can do the same thing season after season after season, they can't. Opportunities change. KCP, being a big fan of for years. He's going to have more opportunity in Denver this year. I, I really like what he could possibly do, especially late round. He's not a flyer. He's not a flyer because it's KCP. He's been, he's been in the league. He's been with the organization in Denver for a couple of years now. We know his role, but that role could be increased with the departure of Bruce Brown. So I'm not going to fall in love with KCP and draft him higher just because I think he might have more opportunity this year because I think the guy's pretty good in profile as well as a, as a late round guy in fantasy basketball. He gets me some points. He gets me rebounds. He gets me some assists. He gets me steals. He does so on a pretty good clip. He drips in some threes. That's a really nice piece to have in your team. But you can pick up those kind of guys pretty regularly on the waiver wire as well, which feeds into falling in love with the guy. If you really love someone so much, if you really like, oh, he's been so good for me this season. He's been so good for me. And he's hitting a bit of a slump. Trades are happening around the NBA come January, February. Opportunities and roles could change. And if you're really tired to a guy, you might miss out on jumping on that waiver wire and claiming a hot pickup. You might get an ad through trade. There might be someone who goes down with injury and on another team and someone has an increased role, but you're still holding to your guy because you love him and you drafted him and you don't want to burn a pick for it. Don't fall in love. Make sure that you are open to absolutely every opportunity that comes your way in your drafts this weekend. If you, for some reason, God knows, drafting randomly on Monday, but Sunday in the US, I guess, 
But don't fall in love with these guys. Make sure that right throughout the course of the season, from your absolute jump, you are committed to being active in your league and active on your team to improve your roster at every opportunity. Don't fall in love. Don't put the homer picks above your priority and your need to win your league by playing it smart right from the get-go. That's going to be important. Number three, it fits into that one. Number three, do not draft at ceiling. Now, I've had a couple of social media debates with guys about where they think guys are and this represents this value, so I'm going to take him here. That's great. No matter who your guy is in the NBA, look, it's really hard in the first round. Like this, it makes no sense maybe in the first two rounds. Uh, Jokic is the number one player. Matty, you're telling me not to draft him at his ceiling? He's the number one guy. Yeah, of course you draft him at number one. Of course you draft Nikola Jokic with the number one pick. Do you draft Joel Embiid with the third pick because that's probably his ceiling? Yeah, of course you do. Oh, but maybe the ceiling is for Luca. He can maybe be the number one player this year. Yeah, but you don't take Luca at number one. You know, you don't just you just don't go and do that. It doesn't make sense. If you're looking over ratings and scores and rankings and you've got your own projections there, that's their absolute this is this is Charlie and the chocolate factory going off in the glass elevator and shooting up into the sky. That's their maximum. That is the absolute maximum return. Now, you might want to reach for a guy maybe around because it fits your build. It's going to complement what you're doing. But if you've got a guy much higher rated than someone else and the ADP of these guys, like I'll bring, I could bring up a whole bunch of guys on my ADP list on RotoWire. I was playing around with this the other day and where guys go right throughout the course of the season. So let me, let's look at this outside the top. I'm just going to scroll down. I've have it open for you on RotoWire and I'm going to go like Mikhail Bridges. Now on fan tracks, Mikhail Bridges is 21. ADP, 19 on Yahoo. By the way, this is a mix of points and cat leagues, so no matter what you're playing in. And he's going in ESPN about 19. So if you're saying, Maddie, what do you mean? But Isn't that where he's going? Yeah, that's he's going. But you don't try and draft him at that end of the first round because you think he's going to have a more increased role in Brooklyn this season. It really is his team now. Are you going to burn a first-round pick on Mikhail Bridges? You shouldn't. Love the guy. I think he's a great Great player for fantasy. He's going to do well in the late, mid to late second rounds, as you can see here. But if you're not going to jump that into round one just because you're a Brooklyn fan or you think McCall's going to profile that much better and leave other guys on the board. Someone, though, like Victor Wenbanyama, he is going in the second round. This is a pride example, prime example. Not pride example. It's not Mardi Gras season here in Sydney. It's a prime example of where people drafting a guy at his absolute ceiling. Now, could Wemby absolutely be a top 20 NBA fantasy player this season. Look, the potential is there depending on how many games he plays. Do the Spurs go tank sideways and he doesn't play more than 70 games? So you're going to miss out on some back-end value. And, and when you really need him, it's going to be towards the end of the season, especially if they're just blowing it up down there and having some fun with it, trying to get another draft pick in the big San Antonio rebuild. Or maybe they play that decent basketball that they're showing right now in the preseason. Or is that just the preseason hype? We don't know. Victor Wambanyama's ADP right now across the board is an average of 23. That is the end of the second round in a 12-team league towards the end of the second round in a 14-team, obviously. He's been about 24. ESPN, 22. He is 27 in Yahoo. So he slipped into the third round in 12-man leagues. Pretty much bang on the turn there at the end of the second round, early third round in Yahoo. And in fan tracks, he is absolutely the beginning of the third round in points and head-to-head leagues at number 29. If you've done a few mock drafts in the last week because everyone has gone gaga Wemby crazy for our lanky alien friend from France, that's some alliteration you should try and say five times fast. 
keeping the rhymes going. Look, at the end of the day, you're not going to draft him. If you're going to draft him in the second round, I've been seeing, I, I saw him go 13th pick this week. I've seen him go 15. But that is his absolute possible ceiling. Do you want to take Victor Wembanyama there? If you, if that's just becomes, I've said it from the get go. People are just going to want to say they had Wemby on their fantasy team, but that's good for you. I heard Mick Dell say it in the podcast that I did with Mick this week. Make sure you go back and check the keys that I did with Mick and on the center tiers as well. That's value for you. If guys are going to jump too early on hype, dudes, that someone else is going to fall to you because of that. It creates a domino effect in your draft. But if you draft at the ceiling every single time, you eat up the value and you eat up the potential value you can get in return for that player. If you're always drafting him at their absolute, absolute best, you just destroy any value return you can get. Now, it might be a flashy name to get in a trade and you might be able to get a really attractive trade piece back for that. And that's your play? Fair enough. You know, well played. If you get Victor Wembanyama in the second round right now, but if you're in a competitive league, I don't see someone trying to get back a, oh, yeah, I'm going to try and flip him for an Anthony Davis. Okay, fair enough. That's great. Anthony Davis is probably a conjecture point based on his day to Davisness, fairly. But you see what I mean? It starts to change. Like maybe you want to try and flip him for a Giannis because that's that free throw punting build you want in the first place. I highly doubt that someone's going to trade you a first round pick and Giannis enter Tacumpo for Victor Wembanyama. It's just not going to happen. So don't draft at the ceiling for thoughts of getting a, a return, if that guy's hot and you can move them, wait until the season kicks off and try and trade and sell high on guys then. And you can sell on some preseason hype, but you're not going to be able to jump value into a first round guy when someone's basically made their life and bread and butter strategy for this entire season off their first round guy. It doesn't make any sense to do it either. So again, you don't want to eat up any of the value. Now, between the leagues, depending on where you're driving, there are guys who are up and down and all over the place. Take someone like Vucevic for a chance. Vucevic on ESPN is going up. He's risen to about the 30th, uh, 31 value. In Fantrax, he's 41. And in Yahoo, he's dropped down to the 45th. So maybe he slides down on that board and he's sitting there about 45, 50. Well, you can draft him there. It's, you're getting some probably value, if you, especially if you're punting block shots. You're really getting a good asset there around the 50s for Nikola Vucevic. Like that's a good buy, but you don't draft him knowing that in some other leagues or some other comps, if you're in an ESPN and you saw him go off the board at 32, 33, you're not going to try and take that 32, 33rd best player in Nikola Vucevic. There are some guys with some more upside you can glean from that, but you're absolutely drafting at ceiling. So don't draft at ceiling. The big key there is to make sure that when guys are falling to you, again, if you want to jump on a guy around early because he fits your build, you really want to make sure you lock that one in. That's someone who's core to your strategy. By all means, go early, especially if you're in the pick. Oh, look, let's say you've got pick seven, eight, nine. You know, you've got another eight picks before that guy comes back to you. Just go. Someone's probably going to fall in those next few picks that you may be able to pick up value and you've just jumped a few picks ahead. It's much harder to do that when you're doing it and you're drafting at one or 12 at those tail ends or two or 11 or 14, because by the time a guy comes back to you, you've really had to go. You're, you've drafted your pick and it's got to come all the way back to your port, back to your board 20 plus picks later. If you're drafting at either one or at the tail end of a 12 or 14, you've got 20 plus picks of guys who are possibly going to go off. It's those ones you can just glean that extra six or seven picks out. It doesn't really change anything, but you still don't draft to the absolute ceiling and jump three or four rounds thinking that a guy who's currently going in the 130s is going to be a top 100 player this year. You do not take them at 
85. You do not take them at 92, whatever position you're going for. Get them around the area you can see them going or where you rank them if they're falling to that later. If they're falling, if you're ranking the guy at 95 for the year and his ADP is 130, you might be able to pick him up at 110, 120, around early, especially if it's not a hot name, especially if it's someone you've got your eyes on in your league. Like right now, Asar Thompson. Our boy in Detroit is going up the boards in the last week or two. Like people are starting to like his profile. We still don't know if he's got that starting job in Detroit, but he is starting to move our boards. I had a good chat with Mitch Casey the other week, and he was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of at the place now where if he's at there around 110 or so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably take him because that's whereabouts he's, he's starting to go. And that's probably, he's probably going to return more value than that, hopefully at the end of the day, especially if he gets that Detroit starting job. But again, that's about, that's about where you want to take him. Because his ceiling could be top 90 this year. He's a rookie. There's going to be inefficiencies over the time. I mean, Monty Williams is a very supportive coach. He's probably going to give him, at times, a long leash because that's what he's shown at times. But if it doesn't happen, like you, you might have to face a, a real situation where you let a guy like that go or put him in a trade to get back a more stable piece. So again, go back. Don't fall in love with the guy. Don't draft too high. And don't eat all the value out of your picks by drafting at ceiling. Number four. Don't be stale. Look, no one wants a soggy sayo we have here in Australia, and that's just a destroyed biscuit. It's a it's a one that's been dunked for way too long. It's soggy. It's had way too much cheese and tomato, and it's just gone off. How you become stale is drafting the same guys year in year. So this is a personal one, I guess. I try and draft and change up every single year who I get. There's a couple of guys who, look, I like, and I try and get them if they're around the place, sure. But don't be stale. It's going to make your fantasy season a lot more interesting by experimenting with different builds, different punts, and, and just having some fun with it. At the end of the day, I know it's a bit sweaty and it's a bit competitive and you want to have bragging rights on your mates, but it's also, fantasy is fun. At the end of the day, this is why we do it. We do it for the Ws, we do it for the fun, and we do it for like this camaraderie, for this, this thing that we get from it with other people where we can talk shit about basketball, which is something that we love. Like that's why we started the Inside Podcast Network initially. We just love sport. Here in Australia, we have our NRL, which is like our NFL in America. We have AFL, again, like NFL in America, popular. Couldn't call it the baseball of it. We have that for cricket. BBL season into spring, like Brainos on that one. Like we love our sport. We love our NBL, our Australian National League here for basketball. And we all came together initially playing NBA 2K. I met Matty O'Brien in one random event. He's like, where are you from? You sound Australian. You're not a Kiwi for once. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm here in Sydney. I'm like, yeah. He's like, Toowoomba. I'm like, Toowoomba? Mate, Lockyer Valley area. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm like, mate, I'm from Queensland. My family, when they immigrated to Australia many, 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 many moons ago, set up potato farms around that way in Gatton and Laidley. He's like, no way. I was like, yeah, mate, I used to holiday in Toowoomba when I was a kid. And I, we, we started this brotherhood and we started talking sport over NBA 2K. We was a Los Angeles Lakers blue LeBron jersey. It was like the event prize. We both went for it and we ended up buying it in real life. And we've all become mates from this over the seasons. And the thing that's brought together the brotherhood is our love of sport and our love of fantasy sport. So that's why doing a show like this for us and, and talking NBA and, and giving insight on fantasy basketball, it's mean something to us because we have fun and we love it and we're passionate about it. Don't be sale. Talk in your leagues. Be active in your leagues. Have fun in your leagues. Talk to people every single day or every couple of days. Jump in the chat. Have a good time with it. But be active in your league on that waiver wire. You have four to six waivers a week. 
use them if you need to. Don't just sit there again by falling in love with a guy at number two. Don't do that. Be active in your league. Be a participant in the league. Be active in trades to seek out value. Try and buy low, sell high. Do those things in your league and don't be stale. If you're just going to sit back and watch your season happen and unfold, you're not going to have as much fun with it. If you want to win your league, you've got to be active. You cannot just sit on the same dudes you've played season after season. And also, if people know you like a guy and they've caught on to it the last couple of years, knowing that, oh, yeah, they're going to t- he's going to take Levine. Oh, he loves, he loves Chicago. Oh, yeah, he loves, he loves LaMelo. He's going to base his strategy on LaMelo. Oh, you know what? He loves Dame. He's going to go and get Dame and a couple other blokes. Maybe he's, maybe he's going to try and you know, get Middleton later on and, and Lopez because he's now all of a sudden talking about the Bucs. We, we have a mate called Hum, loves Milwaukee. If he could draft every single buck, I'm pretty sure he would make the ultimate stacks build. Now, I have spoken about stacks a little bit. That's a fun way to change it up for me this season. Try and build a mini fun stack that's really good. There are some awesome stacks you can get in your NBA leagues that can make you competitive. If you get Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner, and later on down the line, you're picking up one, some like an Eggs Benny, in Benedict Matherin or a Brucey Brown, or look, Buddy Hield's still on the team. Go nuts. Have some fun with it. You know, if you get OKC, you can get Shea, you can get Giddy, you can get Williams and Chet. Over in San Antonio, you can glean out Victor Wenbanyama, Devin Vassell. Look, Trey Jones in your lineup. Bloody hell, for the love of dear goodness, you might be able to make an interesting Wizards stack. You know, pick up some points in Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma because God knows they've never met a shot that they don't absolutely love. They haven't listened to my rule number two about not falling in love because they love the ball in their hands and they love to pump up shots. Dropped 40 the other day. Why? Preseason. Fuck it. I'm Jordan Poole. I'm going to score. Add in a Tyus Jones. Maybe a sexy little pickup in Dan Gafford. Who knows? Have some stacks if you want. Add some fun to it. Add some layers. If you've done this assessment schedule of, if you've assessed the schedule, I should say, you can see that it breaks really good ways. I think there's only the Timberwolves and another team who plays two games in one week of the playoff. So maybe don't build a Timberwolves stack. Maybe go after Ant. Do you go after Cat because he's fallen a little bit? Maybe. He's starting to rise back up the charts again because people are like, oh yeah, if he goes somewhere, yeah, that'd be really good for maybe Cat. That'd be really good for Cat maybe. Maybe he goes up. He's, he's played well in the preseason. It's probably going to go better with Gobert this season than it did last. Maybe you're going to take that one. Maybe that's how you change it up. Maybe take a guy you've avoided previously for some reason you've got in your head. Like I've avoided Kawhi for a couple of years. Really like the potential of Kawhi this season. So I've been changing up by taking him around. Don't be stale in your leagues. Look for a competitive advantage at every single opportunity. Make sure you stay up to date with insight, like, and subscribe to the channel, get notifications, uh, follow me on Twitter, follow Brando on Twitter, follow Matrix on Twitter, follow all the lads, you know, follow Big Horse, follow Hawk, just follow your NBA guys, follow a whole bunch of analysts, man. But there's awesome guys like Alex who clean out there, Mitch Casey, uh, Dan Titus from Yahoo is an absolute champ. Joshy Lloyd from Basketball Monster knows his shit. Kyle, all these, these dudes love it. And our, and, and our homie from Canberra, Adam King, King is awesome. Like Quran, like look up the names of analysts. Look, go through our follow list on Twitter. Get involved with those guys. I honestly follow along, man. Like this is what basketball and this is what fantasy basketball is about. It's about a community and don't be stale in your community and do not be stale in your league. Get active and be involved. And number five, don't be a dick. Don't be that guy just to be an ass for no reason this season, not trade and just to sit where you're with your hands on your butt and just think you've done a great draft and win your league. Don't be a dick in trades. Don't try and send egregiously shit trades to people to try and win your league because that's not going to win your league. 
that that's going to get you like like blacklisted. You're not going to be able to tra- send a trade. Like try and get a competitive advantage for both players. Sometimes trades don't look good on the surface because the players involved, but the numbers to that person's build might be good. But don't make it dumb. Like don't do dumb trades. Don't do them all. Don't do them all the time either. Don't just try and send out twenty dumb trades for no reason and hope someone bites. Like this is it's not like that. Don't be a dick and talk smack about a dude. Don't like have some fun with it, sure. But if you're going to go out there and just be a dick for no reason and throw some attitude around, you're not going to win your league because people in your league are not going to want to deal with you. They're not going to want to invite you back to your league next year and they can easily replace you in that one. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be whoever you are. Have fun with it, but don't be a dick. Like if you want to win your league, don't panic. Like it's a long season. Again, I've said it in another pod. NBA fantasy is a is a long commitment and it's a long season. So you need to be prepared for that investment and to make it daily for a long period of time. You know, that's really important. Number two, don't fall in love. Don't have this historic knowledge of guys in your head and want to draft off of past performance. Don't fall in love with past performance. Don't fall in love with rookies too soon. They're too young for you. I'm going to tell you that. Those, those young boys, they're going to get you in trouble, friends. Don't, don't go there all the time. Don't draft, draft a rookie team and fall in love with all these rookies. Oh, Chet, I've got to get Chet. I've got to get Wemby. I've got to get Scoot. They're all so young and awesome. Yeah, really cool, but they also have rookie struggles. Don't fall in love with taking homer picks the whole time. It's no way to build out a team of like six dudes. Again, when I talk stacks, I say no more than ever three guys in one team. And t- you can't tell me you wouldn't like a team that looks really good with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and maybe you get down the line as a value center late Nurk. Like, it's not a bad shout. Like, no more than three is my rule on stacks. You don't try and be, oh, yeah, wait a second. Eubanks is also there late. If Nurk goes down, you're handcuffing that value. You could get a more upside pick. You know, you don't do that. But be, work smart, not hard on that one. Number four, don't, oh, number three, don't draft at the ceiling. Don't eat up all the value that you can get back just for the sake of it. Do not draft at ceiling. Like the floor is a good spot too. No ADPs and know your values. Jump on, do a couple of mocks this weekend because you don't want to be drafting way too soon. Again, if you people are drafting Wembenyama at 14, let him. Like he might be a top 20 player, but he might be the 20th best player. He might be the, maybe he's just outside. Maybe he's 25, 26. Maybe you're really actually going into a blocks build this season. And so you're going to get like, someone at the first round at the tail end of it, like an Anthony Davis and couple that up with Victor Wenbanyama because you just want to lock down blocks and some boards really early on. All right, I can, I can see some merit in it. But again, you just don't want to jump, jump, jump every single time. Maybe splash one in from deep. You know what I mean? Splash one deep, early pick on at some ceiling, maybe, but not too much. You don't want to jump two or three. God, if you draft him three rounds ahead for value for the sake of getting your guy, because you love someone. I had a chat with someone about a player and they can see them being like, I think top, like about the 50th best player uh, around the fifties, like 45 to 50. And I was like, yeah, maybe about 60, 60, 65. I ended up having them about 60. I think in my end of season ranks for for memory, but there's like a round and a bit. So do I want to jump up and take someone who I know other guys will value higher than me? Or do I want to see if they'll fall to me where their average ADP has been about 65, 70 ish. Do, Do I want to see how that plays out? I do, but I want to have a backup for that guy who have another value pick who I can see will fit my team around that area. So I'm not going to be bummed out and do it down. Number four, don't be stale. Be active in your league. Have fun with it. It's fantasy basketball. It is stressful as all shit, but it's also fun. 
and you need to be passionate about it to make anything out of it to win your league. Be passionate, have fun with it. And number five, don't be a jerk. Just don't be a dick. Have fun. Like send good quality trades, have good bants with your people in your league. And that's a keys to win. I'm Matty G. Happy drafting this weekend, guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to Insight NBA and make sure you check out our sponsors, of course, down below. All of them. Check them out. Standard Squeeze gets you 15% off and our good friend Ryan at Astute Newstead. If you've ever thought about owning your own home here in Australia, chasing that dream home, make sure you look up Ryan. You can email him at ryanh at eganwealth.com and use code INSIGHT. Or look, even drop him a text or a phone call for no reason. Just call him up. Hey, Ryan, Astute Newstead, looking at a home. He's number 0431. 766-784. That's 0431-766-784. He can help you navigate interest rates, wonder which the best bank is. He works with a panel of over 50 lenders to help get you the best deal for your home loan. Also does personal vehicle and business ones as well. Make sure you check out Ryan and our good friends at Fantasy Scores and use promo code INSIGHT. Take care, everyone. Draft well.